Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. From Postcard from the Past and Wardour Studios, this is... Podcast from the past, the Postcard Podcast. This is the podcast where we take on giant good luck cats, one-eared donkeys, and unfeasibly blue skies as we attempt to understand the memories, meanings, and stories held by picture postcards. I'm Tom Jackson, and today I'm delighted to say my guests are writer Adam Scovell and comedian Jake Yap. Jake and Adam, welcome. Thanks. Hello. Great to be here. Adam Scoville is a writer and filmmaker whose writing you may have spotted in The Times, uh, the BFI, Sight and Sound, and The Quietus. He set up the website Celluloid Wicker Man, um, and that revived and popular genre folk horror is an enduring interest to him, and he wrote, as well as his novel Mothlight, which has certainly something of the folk horror about it, um, the book itself, Folk Horror, Hours Dreadful and Things Strange, which could be the subtitle of this podcast. And Adam comes to us with a CH44 postmark. Uh, Wallacey on the Wirral. Indeed. Adam, do you still send postcards? Uh, I do, actually. I'm in a long-distance relationship, and sometimes it can break the monotony of digital communication to someone. I actually sent one last week from Paris to Strasbourg, where my partner lives, and she sometimes sends me postcards to Strasbourg just to, as I say, break up the Facebook messenger chats and how things. romantic yes i suppose it is really <laughs> did you travel to paris specially to send it or? no i was in paris to photograph a photograph of jacques tati uh, his statue i mean not, not the actual jacques tati um i went to joinville where he filmed his film mon oncle oh and wonderful I, I, I had to photograph the wall which features at the opening of the film yes. and the statue of him uh, in character in the monsieur Lou character uh, just around the corner from there but i picked up a postcard of uh, Claude Monet's lilies and posted it along to my partner all the same. <laughs> Very good. Well, I'm glad I'm glad to hear it. Um, Jake Yap is an increasingly ubiquitous voice on the media. <laughs> Whether he's squeezing radio networks into four minutes, causing outrage as his alter ego Dora Dale, sharing a bath with John Holmes, gutting the media itself on his Radio 4 show Jake Yap's Media Circus, or crafting and hosting his own neurotic clip show Hurting on Dave. You can't move for a bit of Jake Yap these days, and of course that is a very good thing. <laughs> now, Jake comes to us today with a Catford SE6 postmark. Oh, yes. Born and bred. Very proud of it. And Roots. when did you last send a postcard, Jake? Oh, that's a good question. 
I, I always buy far more than I send. The ratio is hopeless. It's probably about a hundred to one ratio of purchases <laughs> to actually getting it together to send. That doesn't have to be a bad thing. That's that's still an acquisition of nice postcards. True. I, yeah, I do. I have got a, a nice uh, back catalogue. I What I want to do, I've done a, a tiny, tiny bit of, but I want to do more is, is just send postcards to my little boy because uh, I now live in Bedford. So when I'm in London, it sort of feels like it would be fun to send him a postcard from, you know, wherever I'm working. But the trouble is that all the London postcards are just all horrible. <laughs> like, they're just all terrible postcards. You can't buy a classy postcard of London anymore. Well, perhaps you could go to a museum. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I could read a book or something. I mean, no offense, you know. <laughs> sure. I shouldn't be trying to solve problems for you. <laughs> no, please do. I've got plenty of time. I think this is a lovely idea because then yeah. he would get lots of nice postcards. He loves just... getting posts. Which is, how old is he? He's uh, just about to turn six. Uh, well, post and is a good thing then. Yeah, yeah he's actually put a post box on his bedroom door. It's um, it's a lantern from Ikea. And uh, he, he sort of looks at it sometimes quite pointedly in the morning and says, I haven't had any post today. I'm like, okay, <laughs> sorry. So he's, he's mastered passive aggression. He knows about your plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just need to make it happen. Well, I think that's a great idea. It's really, really to be encouraged. Uh, before we discover the cards that Jake and Adam have brought along, I'll give you a quick uh, card of mine. This is, of course, a, a postcard from the past card, like I do on Twitter, at past postcard, an old card from which I've selected just a part of the message. So this first one is a card of St. Mary's Church, Wedmore. Mm-hmm. I don't think I can really tell you where Wedmore is because I don't know. Um, the postmark is... Yes, yeah, illegible. Possibly Bristol, but possibly not. Um, but the message that there's very blue sky on that one. That's that's your classic. <laughs> and very poorly put together postcard. It has to be said. It just looks all wrong to me. Yes, as a, a bench, some totally banal trees. Yes, yeah, random trees. These these are <laughs> like trees, perhaps from one of the, one of your found images. Actually, Adam. <laughs> yes. Um, anyway, this was sent in 1984. And it was sent to Western Supermare by um, some people. And they, the, the message that appealed to me, just the way it was written, really, it said, um, Tonight is the disco, so we have to put makeup on, then take it off. <laughs> okay. And I'm sure that's true. I mean, that you could just do that and cut out the middleman. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, in a way, maybe the, look, you can squeeze a radio four into four minutes. Yes. That's a night out squeezed into one sentence <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> without the fun bit in between. I mean, if it's a good night, you <laughs> might not even get as far as part two of that. Yeah, I think they're pretty young, actually. Helen and Pauline, are, the writing is fairly oh, young. Oh. So I think putting, oh. that's why putting the makeup on was a big deal because they felt they were having fun doing it, I think, because they were young. They were young. I'll do one more quickly. This is a solitary. Uh, pony uh, in the Brecon Beacons. It's a very lonely pony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rather sort of forlorn look. And um, well, you can't see is behind the camera. There's like the whole fleet of pointing at you. Go on and eat some grass for the camera. This That's not my Welsh accent, by the way. 1972. Wow. Uh, lovely card. Had these British Explorers cards. Very nice. I think I had that stamp. Yeah, there was a set of them. Different, yeah. different explorers. Uh, I remember Frobisher. Anyway, that was Ross. Now, this card, um, again, it's a young person. Um, I don't know how young, but um, they are not 
holding back on the way they're expressing themselves. You'll see. They say, eyeing up the local crumpet. Oh. Wish you were here. Bouncy, bouncy. <laughs> I mean, that could be very young. And they could literally be talking about crumpets, which are amazing. <laughs> yes, it's probably someone with an interest in baked goods. Yeah, and maybe there's a trampoline at the holiday park. Yeah. That sounds great. <laughs> well, that was what... Uh, I quite like the defiant exclamation mark after the England as well. Yeah, very. Then that's oh, going to be obligatory in a few yeah. months' time. England. <laughs> England. Wow. Yeah, do you remember when people used to write England then the earth, oh, the yeah, universe? Space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those were the days. Molesworth was famous for those. Yes, but I think lots of kids did it. Oh, yeah. Um, I once sent a postcard, and uh, it was to a friend of mine who had just relocated and was working uh, in Macclesfield. Right. And I sent a postcard, and I didn't know, I didn't know her address, and I didn't know where she was working, but I put all the key information that I knew in the address box, and I said, um, it's a, a publishing company, it's on an industrial estate outside Macclesfield, uh, it's, uh, I think it's across two fields, and I think <laughs> there's like a KFC nearby or something, uh, and if you get this postcard, then you owe all the postal workers a drink, all of them, <laughs> and she got it. Oh, really? Yeah. That's a good test. You could do that regularly yeah but i've heard of that happening in like in a little irish village or something yeah, yeah, yeah. where there aren't many people around yeah. and everyone knows each other but macclesfield yeah i think it's, it's just a fun chat it broke up the monotony and... yeah i've often thought we should really get a postman in here because people yeah. say do they read the messages and my theory is they don't have time but i'd like to know i don't know other than getting two postmen in here <laughs> next week we, we i will never know i had the weirdest thing the other day uh i was um I'm sorry for oversharing. I was on the loo and the doorbell rang and I, I just couldn't really get to it. And then I could hear footsteps kind of like round the back of my house. I was thinking, oh, am I about to be burgled like while I'm on the loo? So I kind of finished as abruptly as I could and ran downstairs and and sort of opened the door and said, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I didn't say I'm armed, but I sort of went. <laughs> um, but it, it, was, it was the postman uh, trying to deliver a, a parcel. And uh, he said, oh, what, what was you doing? I was like, well, what is, <laughs> I was on the loo. And he was like, oh, right. And then he said, and like, this never happens. Like, this, I am not famous. Like, he went, has anyone told you you look like Jake Yap? <laughs> and I was like, I, I am Jake Yap. And he looked at me and <laughs> the only thing he said was, what are you doing living here? <laughs> I was like, I've been on TV like four times. You don't get a million pounds a go. Like, it's n it doesn't work like that. A house of pop. Yeah. <laughs> but presumably he had the parcel with your name in it. No, Isn't it that a clue? Part, oh, okay, okay, okay. So he genuinely um, was Yeah, but he insisted on shaking my hand and, 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 and it wasn't washed. I'm sorry. It's uh, horrendous. <laughs> yeah, but well, there's a sting in the tail. <laughs> I'm Jake Yep, and I haven't washed my yeah, hands. It's washed now, okay? <laughs> I hope he's not listening. <laughs> That was the other joke. Yeah, don't worry about yeah. it. <laughs> well, to let you know at home, um, images of all the cards that we discussed today are on the blog, postcardfromthepast.co.uk, so you can see that we're not making this up. Um, now, Jake and Adam, you've both been kind enough to come on to the studio today with postcards of your own. 
Let's start with you, Adam, your first card. What have you got? Well, I've got a card here which actually uh, was given to me only a couple of years ago, and it hasn't been sent, so there's nothing interesting, particularly on the back. It was given to me by an ex as a birthday present, but it's more of what it is, which I find interesting. Um, it just looks like a piece of wood on a beach covered in snow, but it's actually a very particular piece of wood. And, a very and this, is, this is a black and white photographic yeah, image. Yeah, so it's quite an atmospheric image. In the background, there's some hint of buildings. It's actually Dungeness, and this is part of Derek Jarman's garden at Prospect Cottage, and you can see the nuclear power station in the background. And it was bought to me by, by an ex-partner, and she bought it to me because I was obsessed with Jarman's work at the time. But actually, that landscape in general is a very evocative place. And even though I've never been there, Oh, you've not um, been to Dungeness? No, I've not been there, and it's almost partly deliberate because it feels like a very much a sort of fantastical, imagined place, and I like to keep it that way at the moment. I will probably visit some because I've written about his work a lot. Don't visit. No, no. <laughs> is it not that good? Maybe it's just my romanticism with it, but the thing is it ties back to lots of different things. It ties back to Jarman's work, yes. It ties back to uh, learning about cinema in a new way in my undergrad year in, what, 2012, when I got the card. It was a real pivotal moment for me, and I wouldn't be doing what I do now without that that year. So that kind of represents that. And also it represents my childhood, because I remember Dungeness was a landscape I became really unusually obsessed with because of an even more strange thing in that I was obsessive of watching old Doctor Who episodes when I was right. young. And... Um, there's an episode called The Claws of Axos, which is a John Pertwee story. And it's filmed in Dungeness. Oh, I didn't know that. And even more aptly for this postcard, because it's obviously, it's in a time when uh, the beach had snow on it. While they were filming The Claws of Axos, there was a snowstorm and they put it into the story because they were it was a massive continuity error and they had to put in a line, oh, this spaceship which has landed has actually so caused was, a snowstorm. It, was it space snow? Or? <laughs> they didn't really go into detail. Right. It was like a throwaway line. It's, it's time snow. <laughs> time, time snow. Time yeah. snow yeah. It's not space, it's time. Um, but the, the, the point was is that it was a, a landscape which actually really excited me when I was young. And often when we're dealing with media in childhood, we're looking at very picturesque landscapes a lot of the time, places which are very heavily edited. And all of a sudden, and watching something which is a very odd place by any account. And there's a nuclear power station, which is also part of the story. There's a shingle beach where this parasitic spaceship has embedded itself into the Earth, where it's going to suck the Earth's powers out. There's all these things. And it all connects to this one image that was brought to me by chance. Um, so that postcard actually is the only one that's travelled with me through virtually all of my flats that I can recall, because I usually put postcards around my, my rooms. Well, despite what Jake says, I think you should go to Dungeness. It is a very evocative, nice place. I, I, I think you should go, like, in November, or, or when it is bleak mm. and wintry and you feel that desolation. Because you're right, it does It does have that. It's quite unique, actually, that yeah, atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I, I totally recant my... Um... I, w- I will do. It's just, it's just the worry that going there I might be disappointed if there's no alien, oh, <laughs> alien well, that, spaceship. Yeah, yeah. Tell me when you're going, OK? I'll go to the costume shop. <laughs> Just don't don't drive there. Get 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 the train. Get yeah. the Romney High and Dimchurch Railway. Oh, right. yeah. The miniature train. But, uh, yeah, I could tell you stories about Dungeness, but I won't. <laughs> no. Well, I remember we had relatives who lived nearby, and um, had my uncle, great uncle, was from that area, and he knew people who, I think, just after the war, had lived in the old railway carriages there. There's still still bits of those old railway carriages yeah. around. But literally old train carriages that were sort of dumped there, and he knew people who lived in them. So we used to go down as kids in the summer. And in summer evenings, it had a very strange feeling. Obviously, you've got the power station humming away, pretty massive. And I remember in twilight, you'd see 
hundreds, possibly thousands, of rabbits running across this shingle, this strange shingle through the kind of gorsy, not very green uh, foliage. And it, they were otherworldly, I tell you. They're probably affected by the power station. Sounds like a cross between Fred's and Watership Town. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. There you go. Pitch it tomorrow. I will. I'll get to the beeb and pitch it. <laughs> that's, your ne- that's your next book. Very good. Well, thank you for sharing uh, Derek Jarman's, um, what would you call that? Tumulus. Well, I suppose no. on the back it's called a sculpture, but I mean it's sculpture. just it's, it's 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 a piece of driftwood that he's sort of stabbed into Positioned. the beach. But I mean it's very evocative and very nice. Very good. So Jake, mm. what's the first card you've got for us? Mine is so banal by comparison. So um, <laughs> ha, this is from Cheltenham. It's the Promenade in Cheltenham, uh, a place that I I used to frequent a lot uh, when I was uh, a child. I'd go with my father on the train to see my grandmother who lived there and um, we would spend these interminable Saturdays <laughs> with her. Um, I mean, you know how you, you, know, you, you can have an object like, like this postcard which was written to me by, and sent to me by, by my grandmother and, you know, it, it maybe has a certain amount of meaning at the time. And then as time progresses and, you know, my grandmother is, is long gone, um, it, it has a different amount of meaning. And what's perhaps surprising is that it's it's far less meaning now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's so harsh. <laughs> but um, she was a she was a complex character. Uh, she was uh, I think I think it would probably be fair to say a narcissist. So uh, she she liked the world to revolve around her and she she enjoyed the. Um, the notoriety uh, of she had quite a good life. So my my grandfather was on. He was the chairman of Vickers, um, and he sort of inherited that from his father. And I, they they were there during the war, and they had rather a good war. And I bet they did. They did pretty well. Actually, made a few bonds, made a few pounds, and uh, they had a great time. I mean, there's all kinds of rumours about my grandmother, and. Uh, her father-in-law, my great-grandfather, right, Sir Charles, who, um, well, the theory is that it's conceivable that my father and my grandfather were actually brothers. Is that right? Anyway, Goodness I think you know me. what I'm saying. <laughs> well, I, so I'm, you're happy to share this? Yeah, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> um, but it's yeah, it's 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 just. It's it sort of sends me back to that time of uh, what I enjoyed was sitting on the train with my dad and and just kind of going on these trips and it was so the venture the excitement it was a thing of going I could do and... yeah I remember I was like sort of seven eight years old and uh, traveling my my mother wouldn't go because she just didn't want to know uh, but it was a really nice kind of companionable companionable thing to do and um, and and then going and seeing this woman who was just very manipulative and uh, joyless. Uh, and she, uh, and what's interesting in this postcard, it, it sort of says it all. Uh, well, A, I don't understand any of it. It says, congrats on your swimming do, which I think was my birthday party. I had right. a swimming pool party. Uh, I don't know why she's saying congratulations, because it's not something I achieve. I didn't achieve a birthday party. <laughs> and then she says, I think you were very clever. I didn't book it. Like, I was 10. I was, uh, so, you put on a good spread. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well done. It went so well. And then she says, I will reward you when you come down to Cheltenham. Oh, that's a strange phrase. Right? 
And she was she was very generous. She liked to kind of splash the cash uh, until it all ran out. I mean, it, she sort of just spent all right. the money. Wow. It just all went. But I remember it was it was worth going because she'd give you like 10 or even 20 pounds and say, Ooh. go down to the shops. Yeah. And in those days, you could buy four helicopters, actual <laughs> Chinooks. <laughs> um, no, but so that was quite enticing. Yeah, yeah. That. that in fact, to, 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 to tease a child mm. with a promise like that yeah. is quite powerful. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you, 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 put, you put that away, don't you? You, yeah, yeah, yeah. you? you file that as a child. Yeah, she knew what she was doing. And then uh, she talks about my cousin and chasing the bus that he had to catch and stuff. And she says, talk about super gran. I was like, oh, there's, there's your narcissism. Um uh, so yeah, that that was her. She was a, a remarkable woman, and and it was, it was there in Cheltenham that I I sort of met and spent time with my great aunt, her sister, uh, who was great aunt Ruby, who um, had a very specific voice. Um, it's a very weak voice. She was a lovely, lovely woman. She was very strong. She uh, at ninety two, I think, went to Egypt and uh, wow. was annoyed she couldn't go on a hot air balloon, but she did ride a camel. And she another time she stood on the uh, a stool in her kitchen and fell off it. This was like ninety two, ninety three, um, and fell off it and smashed her head against the oven door and broke the oven door. But she was fine. <laughs> um, but she has a very weak voice, which. Uh, was difficult because she was kind of unintelligible. I mean, it's harsh, oh, but oh. so, but you always wanted to, and so she'd sort of grab your your arm and and say, and be like, yes, and she terrible, and I mean, no, yeah, terrible, terrible. But discovering I could do that voice and do it well, though I say so myself, I actually fooled my cousin. On the phone, I rang him Joking. up, and and yeah, and and I. I so she was the man- manipulative one, you're saying? <laughs> no, she well, she was very sweet. She was the sister of my grandmother, oh, and yes. um, uh, but that voice, which I was just obsessed with, and I used to phone LBC. Uh, Did you? As as Ruby in Catford, <laughs> um, and that turned into a character called Dora Dale, and that that was the origin of uh, Pleased to Meet You, which I so you you extra. you owe them a debt. I do, yeah, I do. I certainly owe her a debt. She, she was—I don't know my grandmother or anything. <laughs> <laughs> we, we were talking about—I've been talking about this on another program. It's funny how, if you look back, far-sightedly, mm. how much of what you end up doing has seeds so far back in your childhood, and and you know it, that can be a kind of dreadful Freudian thing, or it can just be, oh yes, that. That makes sense. That type, that, that piece of the jigsaw started then. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? I think that you, when you consider that uh, f- for a lot of people, your kind of single person life is probably somewhere between 10 and 20 years maximum. But all of the rest of your life, chances are you're probably going to be part of a kind of family unit. And so you're right. You know, what happens in your childhood, you probably see repeated once if you become a parent um and so it 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 does it resonates all of that experience i suppose there's that thing as you know stuff that you do as a kid that you really really like well you won't bring it all into adult life you probably won't become a you know a, a plasticine modeler or a <laughs> well, i've tried you, you i've might, tried to drive as might. much as possible to but, be but, honest but there's a sense that you kind of put it away for a bit because it becomes the wrong thing to do when you're, mm. I don't know, a student and then a young adult. And then that one day you sort of hit, a, uh, I don't know, young adulthood proper and you sort of think, well, why can't I do this? And um, 
And then I think you, you either pick it up again or you think, no, actually, I, I really have gone beyond that. You know, mm. The plasticine is going to have to go back in the box. It's the Sherman Brothers, who such brilliant songwriters. Uh, they did the, the Jungle Book and Mary Poppins and everything. But in uh, Bedknobs and Broomsticks, they described that period, I would say from sort of 11 to maybe 20, they sing a song called It's the Age of Not Believing. And I think it's such a brilliant distillation of that. Very good. Well, it, it, you know, you could say this is where the creativity comes from. It's kind of you um, you look back at that stuff. And, and uh, when you were acting in a kind of unedited way as well, hmm. you kind of you didn't have that thing telling you not to do stuff. Very good. Very uh, complex emotions resonating from that bit of <laughs> cardboard from Cheltenham. <laughs> Pretty basic. Well, I don't know. It's very interesting. Um, I'll do one more quickly one from me. This is... Um, this is a piece of graphic design to die for. That's incredible. Um, well, that was done without Photoshop. Yes. <laughs> a lot of red and then a font a bit like the goodies or something um, <laughs> of Boscastle and four uh, jauntily angled um, images <laughs> from this multi-view. And um, actually, I'm very fond of this card. This is from 1987, I think. 13p. Sent to the West Midlands, Coventry. Um and, you know, paints a picture. Have managed to get the chairs out for a little sun worship. My chair collapsed with me on it. <laughs> so slapstick on a postcard. The sun gods are angry. I'm vaguely a cult. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Worshipping the sun there in the 80s. Yeah. Boscastle. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. You're listening to Podcasts from the Past, the Postcard Podcast. And my guest today are writer Adam Scoville and comedian Jake Yap. Adam, what's the second card for you have for us today? Something a bit older, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bit older and in an entirely different part of the country. It's... A really sepia-tinged image. It's of the Carnarvon Road in Snowdon. It was sent in 1950. And it was sent by uh, a woman who I knew when I was 
young. Uh, she was one of two elderly sisters, keeping with the theme of mm. crazy elderly women. <laughs> um, and uh, my grandmother ended up looking after both of these women. And uh, this is a postcard that one of them sent. I inherited all of her photographs and postcards after she died. And this is one of the postcards, one of the two postcards of hers that ended up in a book I wrote in which she's a character. Um, so this is the book Mothlight you're talking book, about. Yeah, Mothlight. Now that fictionalizes their lives. It, it, I know. It, I know the characters from Mothlight, mm. but how much of it is real and how much of it is? A lot of it's not real uh, because it's about ghosts and about swarms of moths and <laughs> lots of other strange. That's the bit I thought things. was real. Yeah. Oh yeah. Was I wish she, she a was. Ghost? <laughs> she, she she was. The, the thing was with with Phil, as uh, was, she was called, uh, she had the most incredible collection of macabre books and a oh, really? really dark sense of humour that I remember. And she lived to a, a very old age. Um, and so it wasn't too much of a push to use elements of her uh, as this, this, uh, this character who's gradually haunting the narrator. And one of the things that I did want to do in, in this book was to build a narrative around all of these photographs and postcards. And the two postcards resonate in particular because in real life and in the book, uh, they're the only two examples. There's, there's another one. This is one of a pair that appear. Um, the only two examples of her actually acknowledging her father. Um, there's no other evidence I, we could find going through virtually everything that was left in her house in the time we went through it that there was any acknowledgement of her father, right. except on this trip to North Wales. And I mean, even the, the message is quite banal. It's about her, the trip. She's writing it on a wall, looking at the sea, and that's about it. There's something about it, not just the fact that she sent it, but then after, obviously, her father died, she then kept it as well. Um, so there's a really strange sort of direction to where this postcard went. It's something, not to get too academic, but it's something along the lines of like Jacques Derrida when he was talking about postcards, about how their destination is not necessarily straightforward from A to B. There's many destinations on the way, and that as a philosophy opens up lots of different ways of seeing everything from history to life. <laughs> Derrida wrote a book about postcards, didn't he? It's, it's called The Postcard, and that's basically what he's talking I, about. I must that. reread it. It's <laughs> it's not a page-turner, let's say that, but it is it is interesting in regards to the, the postcard as an object, in that uh, we assume that it's going to go from A to B, and it's just a message, and it's just mm. a very antiquated analogue way of interacting with someone in things we can probably do in seconds now but actually when you look at it, it it is going on that that journey in which there will be people that potentially look at it there'll be people who experience that as you wrote it there'll be that as you say we we're talking about before with the postman looking at it there's always that opportunity and in the sorting office and the people around when you're reading it and the you know people that come and see it on the fridge door and that's that's so many different perspectives yes. and it really does charge these objects in a way which I think very few objects have, and maybe Polaroid photos also retain it, in that they are these sort of memorials to the moment, and they do have that essence of history completely charged in just essentially a piece of card or an image. And so they're very ripe for fictionalising. And you actually show images of these cards in the book, in the story. Definitely, yeah. But it's, this, the story takes us into different places, and the novel takes us into this world of, as you say, the, the, of the haunting of the narrator Definitely. by this this woman's strength of her personality, I suppose. Yeah, um, because she she dies quite early on, and the book is very much about that, that that grieving process taking a very strange turn and being obsessed with this woman to the point where she is haunting him. Um, but the re the postcards feature in a really interesting way. The designer Vince has done a really amazing job, where actually you can turn the page and see both sides of the postcard as if it's there. And what I wanted was that tangibility because I think 
analog things like postcards, like Polaroid photographs. They have a real tangible sense of being there, which I think is being slowly lost a little bit with with digital life in general. And when you put them in a book, I think it creates this real authentic spine in a book. How did you feel about taking the words and the image of someone you 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 knew the postcard from this woman who you knew and and presumably were fond of and taking it off into this different odd scary folk horror place <laughs> well i think she probably would have appreciated it i wouldn't have done it if i didn't think in hindsight i mean she's obviously not here now but i wouldn't have done it if i didn't think she'd appreciate it uh, but when the postcards turn up it's quite a banal moment and one of the things i do like that sort of robert aikman thing of making very domestic things banal things seem a bit weird and the postcards aren't really changed or edited in that sense they literally appear as they are and they're explained as they are so you've sort of you've worked <laughs> the narrative around yeah them. I've, i haven't really distorted the the reality the reality is just part of that fictional world and i think that's one of the central problems of fiction anyway it's just that it's far more tangible in this book and books similar to it because the photographs have that that resonance whereas i mean in books that don't use photographs they still have that problem there's plenty of occasions where writers use real life in, in, oh, in, the, in those things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's just more prominent. Vampires, a lot of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I'm doing it in a... I think it's far more... It's far more interesting to do it with that, as I say, that tangible sense of, of being there, of having that thing which was at some point held by those people that did make that journey that is containing those histories. So it's definitely ripe for, for fiction. Yeah. No, I think it's, it, it's fascinating. And obviously it created a kind of formal challenge for you to kind of work the narrative around these images and, and, and make them feel seamless and, and not contrived either. Yeah, it was very difficult. It was very difficult because there was, it, was, it was a whole life contained in a suitcase. It wasn't just a couple of photos and these postcards. It was a whole life from the 40s up till around 2008 when she died. So we've got the whole range of photographic techniques, the whole range of uh, holidays, domestic settings, personal occasions. And, you know, you could fill... 10, 15 books with them, <laughs> and certainly not books that go in the stranger directions that that book goes in. So mm. it was a challenge, but no, it's, it was a rewarding one, I think. Well, very good. Well, thank you for bringing in that card and, and sharing it with us and, and, you know, with the readers of Mothlight as well. Jake. Yeah. The final card from you is something I know you're very fond of. I love this. This is a very treasured possession. So this, um, I bought this postcard for Kim, my partner's last birthday, uh, and on the front, uh, a picture, uh, a cartoon by Sompe, the French cartoonist. Um, it's a, <laughs> it's one of his brilliant distillations of little... He's so good at pinpointing the minutiae of the human existence and, and just just highlighting something you'd never thought of before. And it's a woman posing in front of a car and a palm tree and uh, presumably her husband standing in front of her and leaning at this impossible angle to take the perfect photo. He's contorted himself. Yeah, <laughs> and she just sort of has this pleasant smile. She's not giving very much, but he's doing everything he can to make this work. And and it's such a funny dynamic. And on the other side is another cartoon by Sampe, and it's it's actually hand drawn by him. Um, and I I found it online. We'd gone through this. Um, period of just obsessing over Sompe. <laughs> um, my partner is an artist. Uh, she's called Kim Haskins and she's she basically got told to paint cats about 10 years ago. So oh, right. she started and now everyone's like, oh, you paint cats. And she's like, I, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, uh, but 
they're very funny paintings and I think that she's she sort of has a great kind of feline equivalence to, to some of what Sompe does in terms of getting those little moments, those looks you get from cats. My favourite picture she did is, is of a cat in mid-wash with, you know, when you've got the sort of the set square back legs with one sticking straight <laughs> up in the air and one horizontal and the, the little bit of tongue poking out and just looking at you like, what? Um, yeah, and Kim talks uh, about the, the brilliant kind of reductiveness of, of Sompe's cartoons and I feel like this little hand-drawn, it's 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 basically an autograph. Uh, it says for uh, some names, André and Noël and somebody else, it's blurred by the water, um, Sompe from June 1984. And it's just a, a little cartoon of a man waving a hat, possibly a self-portrait. Yes, it's a sort um, of greeting, isn't it? Yeah. It's lovely. And um, I think that it, it's so right to be on a postcard simply because... What what is a postcard? But this little reduction of of, yes. of a moment a f- and just a few lines, as they say, exactly, just a line. exactly. Just a line. And that's what he does so brilliantly. It is just a few little, very shaky little lines that evoke everything. Um, I, I just I treasure it for that. And is he still alive? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he he's done a lot of um, New Yorker covers and stuff, right. and um, some of his greatest work, I think, is. Um, he did the illustrations for The Adventures of Nicholas, which was republished recently. Yes, because I don't think it was really known over here, but it's become they, a British thing now as yeah, well. Yeah, they translated them, I think, in the 60s, right. 70s, and it, it, they had the same translators as the people who did Gosney's other work, which was Asterix. Ah, yes. Anthea Bell, I think. That's right, um, who, who did recently die, I think. Oh, really? I oh, believe so. I mean, what an amazing body of work. Mm. And they had such strict rules. So you, subtle, the translations. Yeah, they said we, we never dropped a joke. So if there was a joke, they would find there would be equivalents. Even if they had to do it kind of down the line, yes. they'd never lose Very a joke. Good. And um, I, I just, I, uh, I love his work. And um, well, How lovely to have that there as an autograph. I know. And where does it live? It is, well, you know what? It hasn't been framed yet. We have a five-year-old. What are you going to do? <laughs> so, but, but it will live, I, I think, probably in our studio. So we both mainly work from home, and we have a little annex in the back of our garden. And uh, it's a brilliant, messy, crazy, chaotic workshop where I have plastic trombones and banjos, and, um, <laughs> and Kim has paint spattered everywhere. And I think it will sort of sit very nicely in there. It's a challenge, though, isn't it? Because which you presume which way around you do it that way? Do you want to see the autograph oh, yeah, side? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I love the the cartoon on the other side, but I'm sure we can find that elsewhere. Right. But that, that image that is a great is image. It reminds me of some of those pictures you sometimes see of Instagram influencers and their partners having to constantly take the photos. Yes, that. you're has, right. It it's, has that aspect to it, doesn't it? Yeah, you're right. It's a very early selfie. <laughs> is, he, is he lying down because he wants to get the top of the tree in? I think, he's, yeah, I think he's trying to fit the palm tree. Yeah, it's the his... tree's fault, really. It would have been fine without the tree. <laughs> can we can we chop the tree down by about twenty feet? So yeah. no, I like this tree. Yeah, that's the point. He's 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 so good at he he he'll some of his best pieces are these kind of huge landscapes where um, there'll be a kind of a huge exotic garden, perhaps at a resort and a massive swimming pool and um, an amazing building behind it and stuff. And he will just have in the corner a man just looking down at the floor watching a beetle. You know? <laughs> it's so good that it's people's yeah. obliviousness to everything around them, I think, is 
It's so good. Yeah. Well, it's it's an honest reflection of what really goes on in people's brains, isn't it? How yeah. we actu- how we actually are. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Well, thank you for bringing that in and sharing it with us. Um, I'm thrilled that you both shared such um, odd, interesting, diverse, personal cards with us. Um, Quick reminder for everyone listening, images of all these cards um, are going to be on the blog, postcardfromthepast.co.uk, including one last one from me in the past postcard style, um, as you'd have seen uh, on Twitter and on the book. This is uh, the interior of Coventry Cathedral with a rather nice deckle edge, as it's known. Oh, that's Uh, nice. Valentine's card. Um, 1965, July. A Valentine's card. Oh, Valentine's is the publisher, sorry. Oh, okay, I was going to yeah. say. Yeah. It's a very romantic. That would be, a, well, I mean, it could be very romantic. <laughs> yes. I mean, if you no. pop in the question. Valentine's from uh, Dundee, I know. See you here Saturday at two. And, well, this is an odd one. Um, you'll have to tell me what you think. Um, so it's quite sort of a factual message going through here. I hope you saw the liver and sausage in the parcel... With the dog's meat. <laughs> now, it doesn't take a comic writer to realise the potential for misunderstandings there. Yeah, that's that's an Alan Akebourne play <laughs> in waiting, isn't it? Especially, especially if this took a while to arrive. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much yeah. for the sausages. <laughs> yeah, cut to the vicar mid-mouth and saying, this is delicious. <laughs> Well, before we let Adam and Jake back out into the overcast London uh, streets, I've got one more postcard for you both. Um, it's customary for us to end with something a bit like this. So, actually, you're both musicians, I think. Yeah, um, well, so I mean, I own instruments, so I don't know about <gasps> Wow! You may have seen something like this, I'm not sure. No, I've never seen anything like that. It's oh, a wow. flexi-disc on a record, uh, or a record on a postcard. Can you describe what we're seeing, then? So... It's, it's a gondolier. It's Venice, I assume. Is that Venice? That must be Venice. Where else would that be? And beautiful, luridly coloured. Uh, and so my question is, it's a large format postcard. It's like twice the size uh, of a standard yeah, postcard. Yeah, at least twice, I think. And yeah. it's got a number of translations, but the English one says, the singing postcard, use it as a normal record. Okay. Well, um, Tom next door has been um, paying some attention, I think. If we ask him nicely, he might be able to do something with it. It said on the back that you can play it a hundred times perfectly. I think this is probably... (laughs) 101. 101, definitely. They should bring these back. Yeah. Well, I always say exactly the same thing. Not bad for a piece of cardboard. Yeah. Perfect sound forever. Does it take you to Venice? Oh, and back. (laughs) (laughs) To cat food. Yeah, directly. I mean, what's amazing is sort of trying to imagine... What era is this from? I think early 60s. Early 60s. When there, was, there wasn't anything. You know, there was no internet. There, wasn't, there was like one television. And so it, it is feasible that someone would turn and say, oh, Arthur, put on the postcard. But, <laughs> you know, this could be someone's leisure time. Yeah, yeah. Maybe even notching off, you know, well, coming up to 100. You know, maybe just special occasions now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, we can't. Not to my birthday. Yeah. 
well as the gondoliers spin forever at 78 rpm that's it for this time on postcard from the past i'd very much like to thank my first class guests for sharing the postcards from their past adam scoville and jake yap thank you both thank you thank you and thank you for listening bye for now you can see more postcards with their messages posted every day on twitter do follow me at past postcard and you can buy the book postcard from the past by me tom jackson at amazon and all good booksellers and if you're looking for podcast production check out wardorstudios.co.uk deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.